Another season that came up just a little bit short. We will recap the 2022-2023 NHL season, as well as a look at some big off-season questions on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, Wild fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes throughout the week. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we break down the season with Kevin Gorg. We'll look at some of the highs, some of the lows, and we'll take a look at some of the questions yet to be answered as the offseason begins. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. You can download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome to you. If you are an everydayer who listens each and every day of the week, glad to have you back. And uh, we are glad to have Kevin Gorg back on the show to take a look at the season and to kind of shift our attention towards the offseason as well. Kevin, it was uh, another season in which the Wilds were able to uh, crack that 100-point mark, but the wins came in a different way this year. And so it was a little bit of a slow start trying to figure out that style, but this Wild team, they found a different way to uh, come up with some big wins throughout the year. Yeah, I think now that we've let the dust settle here, you can reflect on what the season was. And and in my opinion, once again, the regular season far exceeded expectations. You know, I always have friends and family members uh, during September, even early October, ask me to assess the Wilds' chances. And I said, you know, it's probably a coin flip this year. They're probably going to take a step back. Trying to replace Kevin Fiala is going to be difficult. They had just a magical year, you know, the, the year prior where they scored all those goals with the goalie pulled. They had... So many players have career years like Marcus Foligno, the aforementioned Kevin Fiala, Kirill Kaprizov. And so logically speaking, taking Fiala out of that lineup, I thought they'd take a step back. I thought they'd be, you know, nip and tuck to try to make the playoffs and they'd be an underdog when they got there. I understand the frustration in this town. I understand um, that it's not just about the Minnesota Wild. It's the uh, the core four major sports in this town and, and the lack of success teams have had. And I think that kind of piggybacks on a disappointing series for the Wild, where once again, they had a 2-1 series lead. But if you don't focus on that and you focus on really what this season was, the regular season was unbelievably good, especially after that slow start. And you saw a handful of players, young players in this organization, some like Philip Gustafson, we knew nothing about, and Brock Faber, um, take a giant step towards becoming not just mainstays in this league, but potential stars. Yeah, I would say the two biggest emergences of the year were Philip Gustafson, who came in as a relative unknown and just absolutely lit things up, was was one of the top five goalies in the league statistically all season. But Matt Boldy, too, who we needed to see take that next step to being a guy last year who impressed after he was called up to now getting a full opportunity to uh, to get a crack at the NHL. And 
it, it, I think, perfectly was summed up when Kirill Kaprizov was injured, that he lit the world on fire with uh, 13 goals in March. And so we saw him with that take-over-the-game ability. Just need to see that, I think, with Kirill in the lineup, too, as a next step for him going past this season. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I think all of us during training camp had no idea what Gustafson was. We have a much better idea now. And knowing that the the number one draft pick and the goalie of the future and and Jesper Wallstad is waiting in the wings in Iowa off a very solid year in the American Hockey League, bodes well for the future at that key position. But let's get back to Matt Boldy. He's a kid that still could be playing college hockey, and he took a giant step to your point, Seth. Looks like a guy that's going to be – 30 to 40 goal scorer guy every single year. And I think the evolution of his game will be two parts. Number one, um, you're right. You know, when Kirill Kaprizov's in this lineup, he still has to be as aggressive to take charge and to shoot pucks and to be the guy because every team needs more than one go-to guy. And if you have two lines that can, that can produce offense, then you've got, a, a, I think, a real chance to be a consistent winner in this league. But the next step for Matt Boldy is adapting his game to the playoff game. And I think it showed in that series. They paid special attention to him and Kirill Kaprizov. And there is a different way to score goals in the playoffs. And you've got to shoot the puck quicker. You've got to be more aggressive going to the net. Matt's a big kid. He's a big, strong guy that can skate. That'll be the next step in his evolution. He's a 22-year-old kid who's got a ton of upside. He's not done growing uh, physically or as a hockey player. And I think this year is going to be a stepping stone to great things for Matt Boldy. You have to be excited about what lies ahead. The Jewel Erickson Eck injury, there's never a good time for that to happen. But having it happen as late in the season as it did, uh, with him having another career season, this is this is the thing I think that kind of gets forgotten about Jewel Erickson Eck is that he just has made incremental improvements in every aspect of his game every season that he's been in the league. And he was doing it again this year before taking that block shot against the Penguins. I've done this job now. I just completed my 17th year covering this team for uh, for the TV network. And I have never been around a tougher player. And this guy, we kind of knew behind the scenes that it was a broken leg. And when they told us he was skating again and we watched him walking around the practice facility, I'm like, this guy's not human. He's like a cyborg. I mean, I thought of RoboCop for all you old school movie fans. And so he gets out on the ice and I thought, I thought Ryan Carter summed it up brilliantly. Listen, you can practice and train and control everything leading up to that. But when you get in a game, you don't control your movements and one bad step can lead to an awkward situation. And he rebroke his leg. I, I just, I marvel. And it isn't just this situation. If you watch him on a nightly basis up close and see that the, the the punishment that he takes and keeps going back to that same area to get cross-checked, to get slashed, to get the glove in the face after every single whistle. Because when you play the Minnesota Wild, you know you've got to negate the Jewel Erickson Act factor. And another thing that Ryan Carter talked about in our broadcast on Bally Sports North is Kirill Kaprizov is the best player on the Minnesota Wild. But Jewel Erickson Act might be the most important. And boy, did that rear its head in an ugly fashion in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and you you see in the postseason, uh, those types of centers play such a pivotal role. I mean, look at Yanni Gord for the the Kraken, just a a defense-oriented center that is just a pain to play against because of of what they bring to the table. And that not having that, not having that in this series really hurt. 
I think if you handicap who the wild are, um, you know, they're, they're clearly a strong team between the pipes. They're solid on the back end. Their top four are about as good as any. Uh, and, and you look at their forward position, they're great at the wing spot, but they really do need help at that center position. And when your top center, your most important center is missing for a series, that's going to be a problem. Now, I get it. We saw again in game number one for Dallas against Seattle how unbelievably gifted Joe Pavelski is. But remember, when he goes out of the lineup, Tyler Sagan is filling his void. When Eck goes out of the wild lineup, it's Sam Steele. And no disrespect to Sam Steele, but he ain't Tyler Sagan. And so, you know, the depth of the wild was challenged. And once again, it goes back to the fact that, you know, Bill Guerin talked about it in his end of the season presser this week. The Wild are playing right now with one hand tied behind their back. And Bill Guerin did this. So, I mean, no one's going to feel sorry for our general manager or our team. But mm-hmm. for the players, I think that's important. And Bill Guerin reminded us yesterday that these players have busted their butts in the last two years to get in the playoffs. And that was not something, if you handicap this thing, that was any kind of a lock. And so I get the disappointment that Wild fans have. I have that same disappointment. But – Better days lie ahead. Yeah, 100%. We'll continue our chat with Kevin Gorg on today's episode of Locked on Wild after a word from our sponsors, which for today's episode of Locked on Wild is game time. Picture this. You're trying to find tickets for the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs all on the day of the event. You take a look, and the prices are absolutely insane. Well, game time is here to help. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, plus music, comedy, and theater near you. They offer amazing flash deals and last-minute tickets, plus easy-to-find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, as well as offering images of your seat view and lowest price guarantee, plus event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And with the GameTime guarantee, that means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you up to 110% of the difference. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thanks for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure the everydayers that you tune into tomorrow's episode will be talking with Jaden Homuth about where we go from here. Big theme for the week as we uh, transition from the postseason to the offseason here on Locked on Wild. So you can catch that on tomorrow's episode also, uh, we will be uh, getting some interesting looks that kind of step away from this wild season with uh, some interesting perspectives on a few hockey-related topics uh, starting up next week as well. So take a look for that as well. Let's get back to the conversation with Kevin Gorg. And, you know, it's, it's, not, like, it's not like the players don't know. I mean, Ryan Hartman, who has had uh, just a couple of, of solid seasons. This year obviously didn't go according to plan early on, but he more than made up for it down the stretch. And then you, you hear his exit interview in which he says, it's one thing to talk about it and to say all the right things, but we have to get to the point where we're doing what we need to do. And 
you know, I, I think that kind of reinforces how important a guy like Ryan Hartman is for this team because he is one of those vets that is going to be leading the charge as to, yes, we can, we can stand here and say these things, but we got to, we got to do everything that we, uh, we say we're going to, too. Yeah. And I, I think what I watched this year up close being with the team during the playoffs, you know, we all knew that Hartman was playing hurt. We knew that Goudreau was playing hurt. Look where they play. They're center icemen, right? And so the Wild are getting crushed in the face-off circle. Everybody's talking, including me, about Jewel Erickson Eck being gone and how they're they're in a tough spot matching up with the Stars at that center position. you got two of your leaders out there, two of your veteran players playing uh, injured. Any other time of the year, they're going to be on the shelf. There's no question about it. But in the playoffs, the NHL is a different animal, man, and, and these guys play right through it. And I think, you know, we talked about Boldy, Gustafson. I brought up Brock Faber. Don't sleep on the – the big step that Freddie Gaudreau took this year. You know, Freddie Gaudreau is one of those players that I think Wild fans and hockey fans probably overlook when they look at this roster. Penalty kill guy, a, a, a player that can move up and down the lineup and play on a top six forward line or a bottom six and play responsibly, a heart and soul guy, a face-off guy. So uh, he took a huge step and, and signed a very team-friendly deal. And I, I don't want to sleep on the fact that he's going to play a key role moving forward, especially these next couple of years when Billy Guerin probably can't go out and spend big money to bring in a high-end center. Now, in a couple of years, when that money goes off the books, uh, let's look forward to 2026. Then you can go out and get a guy like a Joe Pavelski, a Tyler Sagan, and you know the names I mentioned earlier that can play a key role. But right now, you've got to have Freddie Gaudreau, Ryan Hartman, uh, you know, some of these under the radar guys step up and fill that void, at least for the next couple of years. And the other thing that, that Bill Guerin has done, I think a good job of is he's made some moves such as the, uh, the Marcus Johansson extension, but he's lining all of that up with the end of these, uh, this dead cap money to where you are still giving yourself full freedom to do whatever you need to do. He's locking up some of the players that want that he wants to keep around as part of this this next core, but beyond that, they're they're going to have I think at this point like fifty million dollars in salary cap space uh, once that money is all available, and so you can just you're, you're throwing money at whatever problem you need to address uh, and doing so in a way that can more than fill those go- those gaps. Yeah, and you look at the deal for Marcus Johansson, two years, roughly $4 million. I guarantee you he could have waited out into the summer and, and made more money. The unique thing that Bill Guerin has created here in Minnesota is players want to play here. And, you know, we're not a warm-weather destination. where I, I get why players want to play in Florida with their tax situation and their weather. I, I get why players want to play in Arizona or California. You know, Minnesota's a different breed for some folks. And I get that they're hockey players. And they grew up, most of them, with winter and, and understand that. But this isn't the most glamorous spot in the National Hockey League. Yet these guys all sign team-friendly deals. And I think players look around that locker room and, and see the type of character that's in that room. They look at the youth that this team has. And Minnesota right now has the number one prospect pool in the National Hockey League. They look at that coaching staff and how they handle the team and treat their players with respect. And yes, Bill Guerin, a general manager that's won Stanley Cups at all levels, matters. And so these guys take the, the team-friendly deal, like Ryan Hartman, now 
We've seen Freddie Gaudreau. Now we've seen Marcus Johansson. I think we're going to see that with Philip Gustafson because they want to be a part of this team and this culture. That, to me, is going to pay dividends at some point. And if you're a Wild fan that's frustrated right now, I think you have to cling to that idea that as long as Bill Guerin is here, I, and I mean this sincerely, Wild fans, I'm going to tell you right now, this team will, will at one point be in a Stanley Cup. I have no doubt in my mind. I watched what this guy did throughout this year, playing the game with one arm tied behind the back, the way he finessed some of those deals through the season, specifically at the trade deadline. Unbelievable work by him and his staff, and I do believe they're going to get it done at some point. Well, and he's he's right, too, in that he has been able to do all of these moves with the lone like high draft pick being allocated over the last two years to Marc-Andre Fleury. Beyond that, they haven't touched first-round picks, and that was the only second-round pick that they have ended up using, so... He's able to find these guys that have postseason experience and can bring that leadership while also allowing for draft picks in the future that can make a big impact too. I'll point to one deal that stands out about all of them. He's made some some really shrewd moves, he and his staff. Knowing that Kevin Fiala was going to garner between 8 and $10 million last year, and the whole league knew it. I mean, he had a blow-up season. He was unbelievably good. There was no way in hell that the Wild could afford to pay him, yet he was able to go to the L.A. Kings, not only get Brock Faber, but get a first-round draft pick. He, The Kings could have waited him out and got him for free if they had waited to the end of the season and gone into summer. But Bill Guerin, and I don't know how he did it, but he certainly threw enough smoke up the chimney saying that they can figure out a way to make it work financially. The teams actually wanted to have Kevin Fiala and were willing to give up those kind of assets. We saw Brock Faber. We know what a first-round draft pick means. Unbelievable deal. And these are the kind of moves that make me feel good about the future. So I can make the statement I made prior about this group, led by Bill Guerin, will get it done. And I 100% believe it. And it was a situation, too, with the Fiala deal where Guerin was like, yeah, we, we felt good about the deal uh, to the point where you know we didn't necessarily field a ton of other offers. <laughs> Looking like that was probably not a bad call by uh, by Garen in that regard. Well, and I'll be the first to admit, I, I guess you kind of get spoiled watching Brock Faber, and I watch Gopher Hockey as much as I can when, when the Wild aren't playing. He's a Maple Grove kid. He's a kid I've heard about for a long time. And, you know, talking to Bob Monsko when I worked some Gopher games earlier this year, um, Bobby talking about the type of kid he is and the character he brings. And so, yeah, I was a fan. I didn't see this coming. Like, I usually think of college hockey and that transition to the NHL being a very difficult one, especially if you come in at crunch time and into the playoffs. I was taken back, as were most of the guys in that locker room when I talked to them. I mean, veteran players like Spurgeon and Brodeen and Dumba, like this isn't su- supposed to happen. Yet he was able to go out there and probably mentally and physically a little fatigued after that uh, frozen four run with Minnesota on the college side. And, and he looked phenomenal. And so all year long, we were cringing about the fact that Matt Dumba might leave Minnesota because we can't afford to pay him. And I'm like, God, that's our top four. Well, Brock Faber slides into that spot if that's the case. And by the way, who knows how good this kid can be when he has a full offseason to get ready, a full training camp, and is more comfortable with his teammates and this system. I, I was blown away by how well he played. We'll finish today's episode of Lockdown Wild talking about Philip Gustafson and his off-season plan as well as a few more items to wrap things up after this. 
Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Everydayers, make sure you check out tomorrow's episode in which we will further break down some of the big topics of this week. We're going to focus in on rebuild versus retool uh, a little bit in tomorrow's show, so make sure that you tune in for that as well. Let's finish our discussion with Kevin Gorg. I got a couple more for you, Kevin, and one of them involves Philip Gustafson. I wanted to ask you about this because it kind of coincides with some comments we heard from Andre Vasilevsky this week after the uh, the Lightning were eliminated by the Maple Leafs. And Gustafson, I, I, I thought it was just such a great quote. He said, I basically told my agent, just, just tell me when the deal's done. Like, I, I don't care about how that goes at all because he's he's focusing on his conditioning. And it's it's something that, you know, you, you know is a factor in a goalie's play, but I, I don't know if we credit enough how important it is. And then you hear Vasilevsky who says, you know, he had some nagging injuries that popped up during the season and he didn't deal with them immediately like he maybe should have. And then it was something that he was being affected by for the entire season. And so you, you hear those comments and you hear Gustafson say, yeah, I'm, I'm spending the whole offseason working on conditioning. And you're like, okay, I, I, think, I think this is a young guy that gets it, and, and this is a good sign going forward. Yeah, he got a taste of success, and I think he realizes now um, that this, this is a really big opportunity moving forward for him. He can become uh, a top 10 goaltender in the best league in the world. I don't think any of us, including Philip Gustafson, knew that at the start of the year. And, you know, he talks about conditioning. It's something he's had to adjust in his game. Bill Guerin and, and Dean Everson talked about the fact that he wasn't in great condition. And for goaltending, Seth, it's all about legs. I mean, you have to have the legs to be able to move around that net. And the bigger, you know, goalies have gotten in this league, the more important the legs have become. And I think the influence of Mark andre Fleury is legit. And I think he looked at a guy pushing 40 and how unbelievably fit the flower is and looked at the way he continues to work on his conditioning at his age and said, well, I got to get my butt in gear. And then he saw after getting into condition and learning some of those tricks of the trade from a veteran goalie, that's going to be in the hall of fame. He saw some success with his game. And so now I think the whole thing has come together for young players. Sometimes it takes that. And, you know, the agent thing, I think will work itself out. I think that, that, you know, Gustafson, like a lot of other players on this team wants to be here not only is it a great culture, but when you look at the Swedish angle of this hockey team and how many great friends he has, I watch him on the airplane every flight, man. They're, they're playing some form of card game. I don't know what – it's not a traditional game that we play here, but they're playing cards. It's all the Swedes. They're all together. They go to <laughs> dinner on the road together. It's like a posse. And then you think about that Stockholm uh, situation next year where the NHL is taking their, uh, their game on the road and going back to his native country. There's no doubt he wants to be here. He's had a great – uh, giant step in his career. He loves the the people of Minnesota. They, they love him. So let's get it done. And I, I think for Bill Guerin, it's somewhere between two and three million a year. And you look at the money he has to work with, and we're kind of working backwards here as the dominoes fall. We got Gaudreau signed, Johansson extended, all these things. But Gustafson's a big, big domino. You want another year for Wallstead in Iowa. That was the plan all along. Flowers got one more year in his contract. I think he'll retire after next year. That gives Wallstead one more year of seasoning where you can bring him up and uh, and not rush him in. And then you've got two young goalies that look like they could both be studs, and that's a great situation to have. Yeah, that's that's 
the best problem to have is is two guys that you don't have to rush that can both be number one guys and we've seen it I mean look at the Florida Panthers we've seen that you need to have guys that are capable of stepping in at a moment's notice and so uh, that rotation is going to be a big part of this team's success going forward we also I think with Brock Faber got a good lesson in for every Matt Boldy and Brock Faber that is able to kind of slide into the league without uh, a ton of need for development, it takes a little while sometimes for other guys. And we're kind of at that point with Kalen Addison and uh, Marco Rossi in that we, we saw them up here with Addison. We obviously saw him for a lot longer. And there just is, is a need to, to see more before declaring them, you know, this guy's not going to pan out in the NHL. You just you just need patience with some of those young guys when they don't come up and they don't immediately kind of grab your attention like Boldy and Faber have. Yeah, it's not supposed to be that easy. And I think more often than not, if you look at, you know, prospects at the NHL level, there is a growing process. And some are extraordinarily gifted, like the Boldies and the Fabers where they can hop right in and make it look seamless. Others need to work at their craft. And you go back to Miko Koivu and Jewel Erickson Act, two staples in this organization that are stud and were stud players. It didn't happen overnight for them either. If you go back to both of their careers, there were some growing pains there as well, where they were going back and forth to the minors. So um, there's no need to panic. I think for Kalen Addison though, pushes come to shove a little quicker. And I think for him, it, it's real simple. He's got to get bigger and stronger and be better without the puck. His puck skills are elite. He's always going to be a weapon that can help a team on the offensive side or on the power play, but he needs to get better five on five. You can't play in this league unless you can defend. And he had some deficiencies in that area for Marco Rossi. I I know wild fans say, well, give this kid a chance. You put him on a bottom six role. You got to earn that. And, you know, this team was not a team that was out of the playoff picture and had that luxury to just develop their young guys. And he was given ample opportunity every time he came up. You go back and look at some of those games. There were shifts where he was on the power play, where he played a top six role. He isn't physically strong enough right now at the National Hockey League level, and he's getting pushed around. That's something he can control, and he still is a player that is a year behind because he missed that year with the heart issue during the pandemic. So you give him another base on balls there. In my opinion, though, this was a huge missed opportunity for Rossi because when Jewel Erickson goes down, if he had had a more impactful year Uh, with the Iowa Wild, he would have been a big factor in the playoffs. He wasn't ready. And so now we go back to the drawing board. No time to give up. Young kid, unbelievably gifted. You see the hands. You see the rink vision. I mean, he has the little things that you can't coach. Now it's some of the things that you can work on. Getting stronger. Bigger conditioning issue. You know, getting bigger and stronger in the weight room. These are all things a guy can do. That's the next step for him, and and I think he's motivated to do it because there is an area of need in this organization, at least for the next two years, down the middle of the rank, and that's exactly the void he can fill. Huge offseason for Marco Rossi. Yeah, 100%, and it's it's a big offseason because for as many questions as we tackled here today, there still are a ton of others to be answered uh, as this team moves forward, and so... No shortage of off-season questions to uh, to tackle here at Locked on Wild. But, Kevin, we appreciate the time all season, and uh, we'll have to definitely do this again throughout the off-season uh, as some things happen and as we get a clearer picture of what next year's team looks like. 
it's close, but there are still some some roster moves to be made. So we'll uh, we'll keep in touch over the off season. And listeners, make sure you follow along with Locked On Wild throughout all of the off season discussion. We'll have some player evals throughout uh, the next few weeks as well. And so uh, we will keep you covered every single day of the off season leading up to next season. So make sure that you follow along and don't miss out on any of our new episodes Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.